All right, hey guys, welcome to Pursuing Jesus podcast. My name is Shane Winnings. This is episode 36, Making a Difference. Is it actually possible? We're going to talk about making a difference today, making a difference in the world, making a difference in your community, in your family. Can we actually do it? Like, can us, with just our lives, our yes, can we really make a change? Let's dive into that. First, I want to thank you for listening we have had over 67,000 streams so far this year. I think that's a lot. That sounds like a lot to me. I can't believe 67,000 people have listened to this podcast. I'm so honored, and I want to thank you, and I want to invite you to join with us, partner with us to help keep us going. You can do that through a small monthly gift uh, through Anchor or Modern Day. You can just click the link right in the description of the podcast. It's in there. We're looking for people to just consider giving a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty a month, whatever you feel led. Um, you know, if many of our listeners did that, we would be able to continue going. As you know, I am a traveling preacher. I, I am a, a missionary. I don't have a a paycheck, and so we're supported by people like you. And I want to say thank you because it's because of people like you that I can continue to do this full time. Make sure you follow on Spotify. Apple or Anchor, turn on the notifications, hit the bell so that you get an update when I post a new episode just like this one. So, what kind of difference can we make in the world? That is a great question, but I first want to ask, I want to present something to you actually. I want you to think about this. Every one of us is going to stand before God one day, and we're going to give an account for our life. And I've preached this before, but we can't rock our, our nation for Jesus, or we can't rock our city or our school or our workplace, our family for Jesus if we're getting rocked by life, rocked by trials, rocked by temptations. We have to be solid. We have to be walking in the Spirit. We have to be on mission. You know, the reason King David fell was because he was supposed to be out in a mission on the battlefield, but he was back home, relaxing. And that's when he got into something he never should have got in with Bathsheba. It's important that we stay the course and know that we're going to stand before God one day. And we need to make every decision with that type of reverence, with that at the forefront of our mind. Would we not make temporal decisions, but make decisions that are eternally driven? Like thinking about this moment that we stand before God the next decision I'm going to make, is that one that I want to justify or defend in the presence of God, or is that one that I want to, I would want to take back if I was standing before him, looking back on it, would I want to take that back? Is that something that I would want to do? Or is that something that I would proudly stand beside and put my stamp on that and say, Lord, I'm so thankful that I did this. I, I, I believe I was hearing your voice and I move forward and, and look at the fruit. And it's all because of you empowering me and speaking to me. Or would you say, man, I wish I never did that. I missed your voice. I was totally living by the flesh or living opportunistically. And I wish I could take that one back. Like we have the ability by the Holy Spirit to discern is what we're doing right or wrong? Is it God or is it self? Is it spirit or is it flesh? And I want to ask you this question. Instead of saying, how can I make a difference? How can you make a difference? I want to ask you this, what's going to stop you 
from making a difference. I'll tell you three things that can stop you from making a difference. One, Satan stealing the word. Now we hear about this in the parable of the sower. There is a type of person that receives the word with joy. It says they receive the word with joy, but the trials of life choke it out. I'm actually going to pull it up because I want to read this. Parable of Sower. Okay. We are pulling it up in the New King James. Here we go. Jesus has told them the parable, and now he's going to explain it. This is Matthew thirteen eighteen. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. Um, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. That is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures for only a while. When tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. So these first two type of people, I want to take note of. There is someone who hears the kingdom and doesn't get it. It just doesn't land. The enemy plucks it right away. But then there's someone who receives it with joy, but they're not rooted. They're not getting plugged in. They're not being discipled. They're not seeking God earnestly in their prayer closet. They're not, they're not devoted to prayer. They're not reading their Bibles, trying to understand. But they were stoked for a while. They were psyched. They received with joy. But your excitement can't help you endure. Like your hype will not endure. Listen, when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately this person stumbles. Immediately. Why? Because hype dies out instantly in the face of trials. Hype dies out instantly in the face of persecution because of the word. If you are not rooted in the word, when persecution because of the word comes, you will stumble immediately. And this is what the enemy wants. He wants you to be a surface-level, superficial Christian who's just really hyped about conferences and good worship and, and a fire message and stuff like that, but there is no intimacy. Remember that Jesus is the word. We need to be spending time with him. Why? So that we can endure. Because tribulation and persecution are coming. These things were promised. Trials are coming. These things were promised. And if you're older than, you know, eight or nine years old, you've probably gone through a trial. Now listen to the rest. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So we have a difference here. Someone who's not rooted, tribulation, persecution, they're being pressed, they're being canceled, they're being whatever. They stumble immediately. This is a person who gets distracted by the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. It says that it chokes the word out. 
It literally gets its grip around it like a, like a python or an anaconda. It chokes it out, and there's no fruit. You might be saved. You might have a, the seed in you, but you're not producing any fruit. But listen to this last one. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. This is really important because I want to make sure that we are not allowing the enemy to stop us from making a difference. The enemy's going to come and he's going to try to steal the word. Maybe you don't understand something and you don't press in for knowledge, revelation, understanding, whatever it is. The enemy wants to pluck that word. Maybe you're living on a, a level of hype. You're just trying to like, you know, be a Christian like everybody else. Like you're trying to be a Christian. You're trying to appear like a Christian. You're going to Christian things, but there's no real intimacy there. I'm telling you that Sunday Christianity cannot stand up against the fiery darts of the enemy. You will lose every time. You will stumble immediately. That's not my opinion. This is Jesus' words. Over 2,000 years ago, or, or, you know, almost 2,000 years ago, he's preaching these things, and they're still relevant today. And then there's the deceitfulness of riches. This is when all of the sudden, and I've seen this happen sadly in some of my old friends, is that these things of the world begin to catch their eye. And there is a principle that I talk about that you become what you behold. And the counter is also true. You can't become what you're not beholding. And so you might intellectually want to serve God. You might know about God. But if you're not beholding Him, if you're not spending time intimate time with Jesus, letting him pour into you, shape you and mold you and make you more like him every day. When the trials come and they will come, anything that's inside of you is going to get choked out because you won't be able to endure. With the deceitfulness of riches, what's going to happen is if you're not beholding Jesus, then your, your gaze is up for grabs. And you'll look at the next best thing. What's going to happen is you're not going to have your eye fixed on Christ. And so whatever catches your eye next is what you're going to begin to focus on. That's why it's the deceitfulness of riches. Because it didn't start out that way. Like if it was obvious, you would be like, yeah, I mean, my life's not based on this or that. My life's not based on what I can gain or, or money or possessions or any of that stuff, but what happens is it slowly creeps in because there's room. We need to make sure that our eye is fixed on Jesus. I, I said this in the last podcast, but it's true even here, that if your eye is single and it's fixed on light, your whole body is flooded with light. You don't have to try for your body to be flooded with light. All you have to do is fix your eye on the light. But if your eye is not fixed on light, then it says that the light within you 
is darkness and how great is that darkness. You see, the reason that you will be deceived by riches and that trials will squeeze out any bit of word in you and that the enemy will just have free reign is because if your eye is not fixed on light, which is Jesus Christ, then all of the other parts of your body are going to fall into alignment with what you are fixed on. If you're not living by the Spirit, then you're living by the flesh. And you're opening the door to all kinds of problems. And so this podcast is about can I make a difference? You absolutely can. And it starts with recognizing what is standing in your way. What is your opposition? What is going to stop you from making a difference? We are supposed to be on our guard. You don't want to live apathetically. You don't want to live in a state of laziness. You don't want to live as though there is not an adversary out there. When I was in the war, you don't just let up and take it easy and go out of the wire with your without your armor. Like you don't just drive a a pickup truck out in the middle of the city. We get our armor on, we get our communications, we get our weapons, we get in our armored vehicles and we go out on guard and on the offensive. We're taking ground. It's the same in a spirit. We are in a spiritual war. And if we want to make a difference, we're going to have to be on the offensive. But to be on the offensive, we're going to have to make sure we are equipped properly. We have to know there's an enemy out there who's trying to pluck the word. He's trying to plant seeds of doubt so that these thorns grow up with the good, um, with the good fruit, you know, so to speak. And they want to choke it out. The enemy wants to plant seeds of doubt so that you just abandon it completely. You just walk away. The enemy wants to bring trials and tribulations and persecutions so that you throw in the towel because it's too much, because you and your flesh can't make it through, and you don't know how to war properly because you haven't spent time with Jesus. The enemy wants to take you out by distracting you with the things of this world. Bigger salary, 401k, bigger house, bigger possessions, bigger whatever. You need more followers. You need more this. You need that. There's always going to be something that the enemy wants to get you to put your gaze on. That's not Jesus. And I would be on your guard and look at your own life right now and say, what in my life is trying to steal my gaze? What in my life is trying to get me to focus on something other than Christ? And what can I do about it? The easiest way to make a difference in this world is to be lit on fire for Jesus and don't let anything put it out. And you yourself don't put a basket over your head and keep your light from shining. You got to let that thing burn because that is going to attract other people who are on fire. I'm telling you, if you start burning for Jesus, before long you are going to find yourself surrounded by other people who are burning for Jesus. It's just like I heard this the other day. If you were to put two gossipers on opposite ends of a room at like a social gathering or something, eventually they would find each other. Why? It's the same spirit. It just happens. You find people that are similar to you. If you're burning for Jesus, you will find other people who are burning for Jesus. And you just simply won't invest a ton of time into deep friendships with people that aren't. Doesn't mean you won't hang out with them. Doesn't mean you can't have friends that aren't on fire for Jesus, but it's different. 
You need to make sure that your close circle are people that are just like you, that are running in the same direction you're running. You know, Jesus did go hang out with sinners, but they weren't his best friends. Like, he ministered to them. He evangelized to them. He didn't join them in what they were doing and just keep it to himself so he never offended anybody. How do we make a difference? We get set on fire for Jesus. We recognize the ways that the enemy wants to step in and put our fire out or get us to look elsewhere. And we put our guard up. We don't get caught off guard. We already have a plan going in. If he does this, I'm going to do that. If I see this, I'm going to do that. If temptation comes, I'm going to flee. I'm not going to entertain it. I'm not going to hang around. If I start to see that I'm starting to think about material things too much, man, I'm going to fast and pray and I'm going to sell things or I'm going to lay some stuff down. Man, if I start to lose my fire of getting into the Word, I'm just going to get more militant and I'm going to set aside time to study and pray and and I'm just going to set aside time to worship God. Like We have to look at this thing as a spiritual war. Yeah, you might make a difference by going out and, and, and running events and preaching to thousands and maybe hundreds of thousands of people. But what if simply every Christian that was filled with the Holy Spirit just burned for God? I truly believe that that would make the difference. Like if every believer was just on fire for Jesus, people would notice and they would be like, what's different about you? I don't know. I just love God and I spend a lot of time with him when, when no one else is looking. I hang out with him at my house. Yeah, I talk to him in the car. Yeah, I talk to him at work. But I sit in my closet or I sit on my bed for an hour, for two hours, for three hours, and I just let him minister to me and I minister to his heart. And you know what? I've been doing that for a couple years and I just have never been the same since. And people are going to go, wow, man, I think I want to try doing that because I've never met someone like you or I've seen the trials that you've gone through and the way you responded and that's not how normal people respond. That's not how I respond. I want to know how to respond like that. Man, it's just getting built up in the prayer closet. That's all. Man, I need to get in the prayer closet. You see, this kind of stuff is going to catch. We are a microwave generation where we, we want to see the whole nation change in a day, and that's a great heart. It can be. I would love to see America changed in a day. I would love to see all of America gather at some massive gathering and just get rocked by the Holy Spirit and get a word and just get lit on fire. It's important to carry that heart. It's important to carry that hope and understanding that God can do anything and that that can absolutely happen. What's not okay is to settle and be this lazy person, this microwave faith where if I don't see it happen in a short amount of time, then I just kind of give up. No, we have to be willing to put the work in. If you want to make a difference in the world, it's going to be these small steps. And the first one starts with you, and it starts with me. Am I burning for Jesus? Is it noticeable to people? I don't go out trying to get noticed. I'm saying, is my faith a secret or... Am I going to be like Peter, who even though he denied Jesus, he had to deny Jesus with a curse the third time? Why? The people who were accusing him of being with Jesus said, your speech betrays you. I know that you've been with Jesus. You see, Peter couldn't even do a good job of denying Jesus. He had spent so much time with him that the way he talked and the way he acted, people immediately identified him as a follower. Go look it up. The, the, the girl who was accusing him says, your speech betrays you. So let's examine ourselves. 
Would my speech betray me? Would people immediately go, hey, you're a follower of Jesus. If it was illegal to be a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Would it be easy? Would people go, hey, there's one right there. I know that person's been with the Lord. Look at how they talk and look at how they act. Or is your faith a secret? You can't make a difference if there's a basket over your head. A basket of self-consciousness, a basket of complaining, a basket of whatever, fill in the blank. Take the basket off, let your light shine. These little interactions are going to make a difference in the world. When I was a cop, I understood that the race problem, the whatever, the perception of the race problem, none of that was going to get fixed in a day. But I knew that every interaction I had would be a positive one, and I would slowly chip away at people's perceptions one interaction at a time. And I was okay with that. I was happy to do the best I could in every interaction. Let's do the same with our walk with Jesus. Every time we meet someone, let that person leave knowing that we're on fire for Jesus and that we were just loving them during that conversation. I'm telling you, if our minds are focused on the things of God, we're not going to be able to be tripped up by trials and deceitfulness of riches and Satan coming in and trying to pluck. If our minds are fixated on God, if we're beholding Him daily, when the enemy comes in, we will immediately recognize Him. Because we would have been staring at Jesus the whole time, and all of a sudden, someone's trying to take my gaze off of my Savior. And I would say, oh, what is that? Who is pulling my attention away from Jesus? I want nothing to do with that. If I'm not already staring at Jesus, it might be easy to look left or look right or look around. Come on, let's put our eyes back on the Lord. And if we do that, day by day, we will make a difference in this world. Amen? Well, I hope that encourages you. Listen, it doesn't matter what kind of job you have. You could be a janitor. You could be a bus driver. You could be a a professional athlete. You could be anything. You have a sphere of influence. You have people that are around you that you can impact for the kingdom and change their eternity. So let's do it. Let's do it together. Hey, if this encouraged you, leave us a, a review. Rate this podcast. Give us a like. You know, Share this with someone. Hit the copy link button and, and text a bunch of people this podcast and say, hey, I just want to encourage you. You can make a difference. Baby steps. If you need more encouragement, I wrote a nine-week devotional called I Will Always Overcome. It's available on Amazon or just go to my website, shanewinnings.com. You can buy the book. It's only 10 bucks. And it is a nine-week devotional designed to reprogram your mind to have faith, take you from fear or anxiety or worry into a place of faith. Thousands of copies sold, many reviews on Amazon, all very good. So thankful for that. Go check the reviews out. They speak for themselves. Don't just take my word for it. Hey, if you're looking for Christian education, you need to check out Faith International University. That's faithiu.edu. I'm attending there in the fall. I'll be getting my master's in uh, divinity or theology. I haven't decided yet. It is an awesome Christian institute. They preach the Bible. They teach the Bible. Uh, One of my good friends is the vice president and dean of students. It's amazing. It's accredited, and you can go to school online at your own pace. I really love that for someone like me who sets my own schedule. I can go to school whenever fits my schedule, as long as all my work is done by the end of the week. And they're accredited. They're working with some major organizations, so you really need to check them out. 
You can follow me on any social media at Shane.Winnings or YouTube. Just search for my name. Finally, let's pray for healing. If you have an issue in your body, I want you to just hover your hand over it, and I'm going to pray right now. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for this person. And I thank you, God, that you paid the price for their healing on the cross through your son, Jesus. I thank you that your word says that by your stripes we were healed. And I pray, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, every sickness, every pain, every limitation would get out. And I thank you, God, that by your Holy Spirit you would just touch them and burn out every affliction, every infirmity, and that they would be totally healed and made new right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, test your body out. Let us know. Send me a DM on Instagram or something if you got healed. And make sure you join us tonight for live church. This is going to be every Monday night, unless I otherwise announce if I'm busy speaking somewhere or doing something. But every Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, 7.30 Central, every Monday night, live on Instagram and TikTok. Can't wait. I'm going to preach the gospel. We're going to pray for the sick. It's going to be incredible. Used to do it every Monday night uh, for almost a year. Took about a year off, and now we're back. So I'm very excited. And the first week back, first live church back is tonight. So I can't wait. Hope to see you there. As always, thank you for joining, and we will see you next time.